You are listening to More to the Story, a weekly podcast featuring Pastor Drew Tarwater and Pastor Darren Enns of Forefront Church in Denver, Colorado. Each week, More to the Story podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday Sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Now, here is more to the story. Welcome to the Forefront Church Podcast. This week we have with us Pastor Darren Enns. How you doing, sir? Howdy, everybody. Doing good? And Pastor Drew Water is on location in Israel. Pastor we don't Drew, have Drew Water? Drew Tarwater, did I say that? Uh, you said Drew Water. Drew Water. That's a new one. I, you know, <laughs> Pastor Drew Tarwater is on location in Israel, and we will have him on later. In a later episode, we'll probably make a bonus episode about it, about his trip and what he saw and the history of it. And I'm Rob Lazzi, trying to just get through using words today. <laughs> so Drew, Drew sent a text to some of us. He he was apparently at, the, at a place in Bethlehem where they think Jesus was born. Yeah. It's weird. There's just like a hole in the floor. Like with a bunch of land, like a lanterns and th- it was weird. Yeah, like, no, wh- I, why? Why is there a hole in the floor where Jesus? I don't know. If weird. there's a hole in the floor, I'm, I'm gonna need to, just on a practical side. I got two guesses on what it is, <laughs> and I only think I need one, especially in those days. <laughs> anyway, that was fun. Well, Drew, I'll, I'll ask Drew about that. When oh yeah. he's on next time. <laughs> well, the hit, there's some interesting history in Israel with obviously with like in the Middle East with the Bible and where things actually happened. The one I found, it's not really with and with Jesus and where he went exactly, but where they really think the Mount Sinai actually was. And oh, there's yeah. Some, there's some yeah, debate over that, and mm-hmm. it's quite interesting from what, like, I would say, like, like popular history says, and then, like, some more modern researchers say some of yeah. the stuff just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think there there is a Sinai monastery or something. Oh, yeah? At, at the traditional site. I think so, yeah. Yeah, but, like, the one where they think it actually is is, like, I want to say it's in Turkey, and just heavily guarded, like you just oh, really? can't. It, I watched a documentary on it. It was one of those documentaries that they. It was a low budget one, but it was pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, I've reached out to the guy that did it for actually to come on a podcast. So huh. maybe maybe we can look at him as a special episode sometime. But That'd be it's wild. Just, it's just one of those in, like it's the Indiana Jones of uh, archaeology out there of going what's what's real, mm. what's not. And so easily distracted. But Darren, you did, had did he find Noah's Ark as well? I, that's another fun one to talk about. <laughs> I used to, I get stuck on those rabbit holes on YouTube. If you, if you want me to get nothing done on the day, send me a link and then I'll just keep watching those videos all day. Like, how come you didn't get anything done? So you had a fun sermon, as I would call it fun. It was interesting because it made me think <laughs> on your sermon on Sunday. So could you give a quick recap of what you uh, preached on on Sunday? Yeah, we looked at the parable of the unjust judge or the, the persistent widow, depending on what you call it. Um, <clears throat> and I, I went an interesting, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry about that. I went an interesting direction with it um, because I, as I was reading it and thinking about it, preparing for it, I felt like it, it was almost too simple. And, and it felt like kind of a, a devotional that just kind of makes you feel good. Like, um, because that Luke tells us why he told the parable so that we would always, uh, always pray, always persevere and never lose heart, never give up that kind of thing. And, and, and 
t- today to me it it just feels like super simple like there needs a, to be a whole lot of more weight behind that and so what i wanted to do is just explain like what is the christian hope what is justice all about what does that mean for the widow what does justice mean for us and and so so i went all the way back to genesis 1 and started with the image of god um that that men and women were created equal all all humanity was supposed to be on the same plane uh we weren't supposed to oppress each other but that very quickly fell apart uh, and God is very concerned for people who are easily oppressed in cultures. And in the ancient Near East culture, that included widows, uh, which is in, in our the character in our parable, and also orphans and uh, foreigners. Uh, sojourners is another word the Bible uses. We would say refugee. Mm-hmm. And so God is very concerned about all those people. Um, and so, first of all, we as a body of Christ need to be concerned for those kinds of people who are oppressed in our culture in our community and be aware of them and go out and find them and not just uh, worry about the American justice system taking care of criminals, but really trying to find ways to do restorative justice where we go out and we find people we're actively involved in the community and working against systems of oppression. And I, I hope that people didn't hear me talking about politics because I'm, I, I don't like to talk about <laughs> politics. I think it's um, unavoidable when people hear those words because they're, they're, they're and buzzwords in that <clears throat> sphere. Yeah. And w- and you can agree or disagree with me on this, but what I find tough when in those, and I think you did a good job of defining terms, is that what sphere of influence are you talking about? And you kept saying the church and not the government. It's like yeah. the church should be doing this. It's <clears throat> like it's the church's sphere of responsibility. I think especially in the United States here, as a church, we've given up so much responsibility to the government to say, take mm-hmm. care of this, take care of that. So then we don't feel guilty like, oh, there's a there's a government program for that. Yeah. So if, if we think that restorative justice is just happening with our vote, um, I, I think that that's selling ourselves a bit short as the church. Mm-hmm. We can do a whole lot more than just vote. Absolutely. Um, like we and, and the thing is, we can't we, we as forefront especially can't be. Um, Oh, what's the word? Like, we, it can't be such a daunting task that we don't do anything. Like, let's focus on our community. Let's look at Southwest Denver. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Harvey Park, Bear Valley, and, and these areas and see what can we do. And as I mentioned, I think we do a good job. We're really connected with community ministry, uh, community ministry, our local food and clothing bank. Um, some people here on staff and, and uh, other volunteers are trying to do some partnerships with our schools. Um, and it, it's, I think that's really, really good. Um, but I, I, I challenged us as a church not to just feel like, uh, oh, yeah, I, I tithe to Forefront and then Forefront gives to missions and does these things. And I bring my coats in for the, clo- for the coat drive and that kind of thing. I, I, want, I just want us to be aware that we're called to do more that we're called to have relationships with people. We, we don't want to just come sit in our pews, give a check, check a box, that kind of thing. So that, that's, that was uh, probably two-thirds of what I talked about. And the rest then was about um, someone who might feel oppressed and feel who, like, I feel like I am praying and always crying out to God, and yet justice is not being uh, given to me. So what, like, what does this parable mean for me then? Yeah. And so I brought in the reference to the Son of Man, which happens in verse 8. And that led me to talk about the passage before, where it talks about uh, essentially judgment and that evil is going to be removed one day and all of us will experience justice. It just might take a little longer 
than than we want it to, of course, because we like we want justice now. We live in this instant culture, of course. Absolutely. We we want evil to be taken away now. We want our body to be healed now. We want our our marriage to be healed now. Um, but the the reality is it's 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 going to take work and it's going to take time. So I, I talked about you know the end that there's this end battle scene in Revelation where uh, uh, Satan gives this epic speech to his his armies and then he turns around and they're they're ready to sound the the trumpet to sound the charge and the battle just ends because Jesus wins. That <laughs> there there's no battle because Jesus has already won the battle. So it's crazy to think of stories like that too, where you go, where where the outcome's already decided, mm-hmm. and then like it's like he still can rally an army to think they have a chance. Yeah. And now can, remember that this is an apocalyptic vision. It is yeah. not a chronological depiction of what exactly will happen in the yeah. end. So we have to be careful about like, oh, this is how it's going to happen. It's like no, this is just a vision of of a heavenly reality that Jesus has already won the battle. Yeah. Because there, there's no battle. Like, there's two armies, and then the bad army is gone in the yeah. next, in, from one verse to the next. Yeah. And then how, how would you, like, what would you tell someone in those moments where they're going, hey, I am going through something, and there doesn't seem to be justice in the moment? Like, sometimes, mm-hmm. like, because it's, it's that tough thing, and there's never one thing to say to anybody or, like, a blanket statement, because it's always that tough thing when someone's going through something rough. Sometimes you just have to listen to them. Right. Yeah. And, and, and we as a church are here to walk alongside you. I, I as a follower of Christ, uh, want to convince you also to be a follower of Christ because that's what that's the Christian hope. Like, yeah, this life can really stink. Um, and, and, and we know that. And the Bible shares stories about that. Um, but it also shares stories of those who persevere towards the end. You know, uh, one of my favorite chapters is Hebrews 11, mm-hmm. where the, the writer of Hebrews just recounts everyone throughout history that's written in the Bible who did not experience the final justice that they were promised. It goes through, you know, Abraham and Moses and uh, King David. All of them knew about the, the messianic promise, but they never actually got to see Jesus. We're in a unique state where we do know Jesus, but we know the future promise that is going to happen, that evil will be removed in judgment by Jesus one day. Um, will we see that day? Potentially not. And that's where this parable comes in, where Jesus and Luke says that this parable was told by Jesus so that we would always pray and never lose heart and always walk with God because we may not experience that justice immediately within our lifetime. Um, But for those who persevere, for those who continue to walk with God, you will experience it and it will be delivered to us. Yeah, no, it's one of those those tough tough things to think about sometimes when you're going through hard times, but it's the hope of the future. Yeah. So one of the questions I had for you, because it was a, a thoughtful teaching sermon. What's what do you prefer teaching or sermon? Like, or is it interchangeable? I mean, so the difference between teaching and preaching is that preaching is, is a bit more motivational, inspirational. It's a call to action. Okay. You know, where, whereas teaching is just kind of like, here's some information. And I can deliver it in an entertaining way, hopefully. Yeah. I, I do a lot of teaching, I'll admit. I, I apologize because I know that that I, I have a lot of content. <laughs> and so like, I know that people's brains were swimming. I, I know and I apologize. Uh, I, I have to work at, at that. But um, yeah, preaching is when, when I, you know, we, I, I call us as a church to let's like, because of this, in light of this, let's, let's turn and, and think about it this way. Let's turn and go and do this and... Um, you know, those sorts of things. So 
I, I do blend the two. I do a lot of teaching, you know, content delivery, but it's all with the intent of, of a call to action. No, that makes sense. So I thought the question I had for you is like after maybe not that sermon or teaching, I guess the blending of the two. Um, <laughs> you just say preaching, yeah. Preaching, yeah. that preaching. Like what? what's changed in your mind in the sense of maybe what you believed, you know, years ago versus today, or even mm. as a culture of Christianity where you go like, you know, we thought this, but it's really this. And this is where it also probably lands more in the more open-handed beliefs versus close-handed beliefs. It doesn't change the core doctrine of Christianity. Yeah. But yeah. it's something like it's, I'll, I throw in like old earth, new earth. Do you believe it's, you know, is the earth 10,000 years old or 10 billion years old? There's great debates on either side of that. And it's yeah. not going to change what Christ did for us. And I would argue this kind of lands in the same way, but it's good to talk about. It. It's good to have, you know, thoughts about it because other people in other worldviews have these discussions. And if you don't have a reasonable answer for your belief, you, mm-hmm. you know, you can't talk to other people about it. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, it's interesting that you, you brought that up because I, I do think that how we view the end and what the Christian hope really looks like is a bit more important than how yep. the world began. Um, oh, I can so, see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I hold Genesis 1 and 2 in a very, op- well, in a moderately open hand, like I said, <laughs> I have very strong beliefs about it. Um, and if you've listened to this podcast from the beginning, you, you know about some of those. But this one, I, I think it, it it actually is very important for a Christian to understand what the end actually is. Yeah. And, and there's been a, a large uh, misconception that I was taught and believed in, in a certain degree, to certain degrees as growing up, that, you know, we are saved away from this evil earth, that you know, we're going to live in some spiritual, incredible place where we're always in the presence of God, but it's not really going to, like, it, it's not earth, it's heaven, mm-hmm. and, and it's a different place. Whereas what, what the Bible really says much more is that heaven and earth are going to be reunited someday, just like it was in the garden. So in the Garden of Eden, you have God and the presence of God and the tree of life and all the stuff. Uh, you have all of that merged together because Adam and Eve were living in heaven and earth united. But because Adam and Eve introduced sin into their own lives, then they were banished from heaven. They were banished from the garden out into the place where, where heaven was not. Um, now, God didn't abandon them. He, he still worked with them in, in the ways that he could. But there was a disconnect there. And so the end goal is to reunite heaven and earth. And really, when we say that we're saved from earth or we're saved, you know, away from evil, that is that, that is true, but with the caveat that actually we're going to live on a new heaven and new earth. And I, I really believe that heaven is not going to be some disembodied spiritual experience where we just play harps on clouds and worship God all day. It, I think that heaven is going to be much like this life now, just without the pain, without the hardship, without straining in relationships. We're going to have full access to God um, at at all times. And so I like to think that I won't have to preach anymore or teach the Bible because that knowledge will be readily readily available. Um, I'd love to go back and, and direct musicals. Oh, that's, that's what I want to do in heaven. I want to make, I want to make stage shows again. And that, see, like my wife and I talk about this quite a bit. Like, what's heaven actually like? Because like, there's a Hollywood version, right? And it's a fun version to see sometimes. But it's, if you it's go, always like, white. Yeah. yeah. And but like when you look, like you were saying, Mor- like and a Morgan lot, Freeman is there. 
oh, he's got to be the voice of it. Like he's he's the narrator of heaven. Yeah. So, but the funny thing is, I don't know if you ever seen that meme. I'm gonna sidetrack here. Is it says like it's got a picture of Morgan Freeman and it's wishing you a happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And then you just read this in Morgan Freeman's voice because <laughs> you see Morgan Freeman. It says happy birthday. I know. Yeah. So I sent that to Samantha, my now wife, on her birthday, which rekindled our conversation, which then started us dating. So it's one of those, like, Morgan Freeman actually helped me start dating my nice. now wife. So so thank you, Morgan. Um, but so so but uh, going back to like the like the heaven, like what's it actually like? Because and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you're more theologically sound than I am. I'm just the. You know, I, I will admit we're, we are in a bit of speculation here. And, and no, you don't like to speculate. So this is fun. This is fun. But for, I, I, I do believe that there's biblical evidence for it. So yeah, because like whenever what, I speculate, it's it's legit. Yeah, it's like at least <laughs> you, you have your sources and they're right. you know and they're peer reviewed. And so <laughs> my sources are like I think I saw it on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's on the internet. Abraham Lincoln yeah. said it was okay on the internet. So, but uh. The idea is, uh, like, then what was the Garden of Eden like? Because if that's what, the, what we're restoring mm-hmm. to, because we always ask the question, like, are we going to have pets? What, like, what's a dog going to be like? We love our dog. Is like, is there going to be, mm-hmm. you know, the companionship of animals? And how- I, so a student asked me during one of the musicals, I think it was actually the last musical I did, they asked me at our intermission of one of our dress rehearsals, hey, Mr. Ence, is there are there going to be dogs in heaven? Uh... I know, we don't I, have enough time. We have like five minutes till we need to start Act Two, <laughs> and that actually turned into like a like a Bible study um, with with a couple of students. It was fun because uh, I I said, okay, we don't have time. Come back after the show. Like I'm going to be back here, you know, putting all the tech away, and and we talked for like an hour uh, because I was like, okay, you got to understand what heaven is really like. It, like, are you going to have dogs in heaven? Well, maybe, but that's n- like the Bible has nothing to say about that. I don't think. I, yeah. Except for the fact that 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 there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and it will reflect something like like this one. So we might—I don't know. I, I like to think that I have cats in heaven, but they they don't barf everywhere. They stop yakking. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you if you're in a room and you think you're in heaven and there's cats, you may be in the wrong place. <laughs> All right. <What's> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so then. Um, We'll go back to the, go back to the recap and go back to the, the parables, mm-hmm. um, and why would you like like you're talking about, elaborate more when you say why it's more important to know the ending mm-hmm. than the beginning? Yeah, because it, I think it really affects how we live our day to day life. Because if we know that this earth will be renewed in some fashion, then we start to think about this earth in different terms and and, and the legacies that we li- that we leave on this earth. I think, um, I, I'll, I'll go here. Here we go. Okay. okay. It, it's not political, but, but it is, you're going to think of it. Uh, let, let's just talk about climate change, right? Okay. Uh, there, there is a faction of Christians out there who believe that it does not matter what we do to this earth because we're going to get, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, passed away. You know, the, the old earth will be passed away. That is a scriptural passage, but what do you do with the fact that heaven and earth merge and we live in, in an earth that, that is actually redeemed? Just like our selves, our bodies are redeemed from our old lives, that, think about that with the earth. So if you, 
like I grew up as a Christian, and so it doesn't quite work that as well for me. But I know people who, um, like one of our elders and, and preachers here, Ron, he he converted to Christianity. He really became a Christian when he was 17. So if you think about him before that, like he, he wasn't really a redeemed person, but after that he was. And if, if we think about the earth in those terms as well, we're trying to redeem this earth. And so whatever we leave on this earth, like we can bring heaven to this earth now. We can also bring hell to this mm-hmm. earth now. And and we're really effective at bringing hell to earth. Um, and we need a lot of help to bring heaven to earth. And so if we do our best to bring heaven to this earth, that is going to last into the new creation, just like our bodies somehow will last into the, the new creation. And so I, I think that that starts to change how we view this earth. I think we need to take care of this earth. We can't just uh, use it, like use it all up just as a resource. We need to treat it with, with goodness and, and respect because, I mean, we don't know how long we're going to have this earth, um, you know, with, with things that, that are changing. So I'm not saying that we have to go all green, right? You know, yeah. I, and I see these commercials where like, <laughs> You know that uh, if, if we didn't use oil and gas, uh, you can't play football because you're football. I'm, I don't know why I'm using that voice. I'm sorry. Because like, yeah. yeah, like I, I get uh, why you're using the voice. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I yeah, they, they I, use, I totally they, understand. They use extreme examples. That's yeah, like, like let's let's keep using oil and natural gas to make that football great. But what if we also try to use more? like clean energy. Like yeah. l- let's do, let's just do both. Let's be realistic. Uh, oil and natural gas won't ever go away, but let's like, l- let's put solar panels on our house. We're in Denver. Right. Like 300, 300 years plus of days. Sun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Plus I don't want to pay the electric bill. Yeah. So, so the, uh, no, I think when you talk about like, it's the good steward mentality. It's like, if you were told what's the, what's the, I think the Warren Buffett used the example once because if you, if I gave you a new car, but mm-hmm. told you this is the last car you were ever going to own, what would you do with it? Mm. You would take care of it. It's kind yeah, of the same thing with your body. Yeah. And, it's, and the problem is, is like in any political debate is you have extremes on either side screaming. Mm-hmm. And I always, I use the terminology like, can't we all just say we like ice cream? Like you may, <laughs> you, you may like strawberry ice cream. I like mint chocolate chip. Oh, Rob. I, I like anything no. with chocolate and peanut butter. I was trying to do something a little more creative. And, but but like, not, not mint. Mint chocolate chip. You know it's mint really mint only belongs in toothpaste. No, mint Oreo and mojitos. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but like, it's like, but if all of a sudden, like, see, and like, it's like all of a sudden, like, you don't like the same ice cream. I like. Can we just agree we like ice cream first? Yeah. And like, and people just they want to polarize. And I really think whether you want to call those a, like the ten percent on each side, fifteen percent on each side of the extreme, but you go like seventy percent of us really agree like moderation. Mm-hmm. It's like. Don't stop all drilling. Don't stop doing certain things that like it looks bad. But like, because the like the other solutions for it, it's like you don't know how the sausage is made either. Mm. And so when you see how the sausage is made, you may not like that solution either. So it's like, yeah. So because especially like, and it happens in any, whether it happens in religions, whether it's Christianity, Islam, other worldviews, and even now like with climate change, it becomes more like of a religion, and people can abuse that. If you don't agree with me, you're against this. Mm-hmm. ideology where it's like where it's people where it's like as I would say we're both commonsensical people where it's like 
on the, I'm just going to go on the climate change thing. If you look around and go like, we've paved all these roads and cut down a ton of trees. If you don't think we're affecting the environment with what yeah. we're doing, you're just not being honest with what your eyes are seeing. When the temperature is like five or seven degrees higher in, in the middle of a town with the concrete. Like, yeah. How, th- something's different. Something's different. I'm not like, and I, but I don't also want to be so narcissistic to think that we can destroy the earth, that we have the power to do it. When you look at what volcanoes do in yeah. a single eruption and what we can do, it's like, there's yeah. a there's a fine line, but also like, and I think when God says be a good steward, it means be a good steward, mm-hmm. and we'll be judged for that and how we you know how we use our resources, whether it's the earth or our personal resources. And like you were saying with injustice, injustice is like, am I doing the right things in my personal life, in my household, and to my neighbors and to my community? Mm-hmm. And and to, you can go to the extreme and try to boycott everything, but then eventually you're just going to build a cabin in the woods and never talk to anyone. It's it, it it's yeah. just, <laughs> yeah. You can go down this road where you start to do that. Correct. And yeah, I can provide a lot of examples, but yeah, just for it's, time it's, it's I, I heard someone say that maybe the Amish did have it right. <laughs> <laughs> you know that is a super simple life. Sometimes I envy it. Oh man. So, but just the idea of going, it's, and you you said in the sermon, is the idea of like. What can you do personally? Whether if you if you are a hardcore believer in climate change, don't you know? It's like how can you set your house in order to say yes? This is what we believe, and this is how we act. Yeah, it's the same thing that I called us as forefront to. Like we can't just look at the whole world and say, oh, we can't change anything. Let, and throw your hands locally. up in the air and go like, yeah. oh, we can't. It's, it's the same thing. Start locally. Start start with yourself. Do what you can do, and then that, like that's 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 what we can do. Yep. No, I couldn't agree more on that. And so with that, if you just here's a fun question, you know, you're learning the Denver Harvey Park area. If someone said mm-hmm. and time is your probably your biggest obstacle with a young family and going to school. Mm-hmm. But like, let's just say some you, you were given the time to do it, however that was, and some resources. What would you try to go change right now? Like what would be if, what mm-hmm. if someone said, here's a reasonable budget? Here's, you know, here's reasonable time. What would you try to go knock on the door and do? Yeah, I. I think there, I I would like I would love to learn a bit more about homelessness in our neighborhoods. Okay. Um, because I, like you, you in Denver, you, homelessness is, is an issue. You see a lot of a lot of people out there just on the streets, mm-hmm. you know, with our cardboard signs. And and I, I I want to know more about like what are what are programs are out there for someone who who does lose a home to get into so that they can get back on their feet. Absolutely. And, and, and those are the types of things that, that I, I want to learn about. Um, because I, th- there's two camps, right? You, there, there's people who say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and like, you, you got to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. whereas there's other people like, no, they can't do it. Um, and I, I think that the truth is somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. where I know that there are homeless people who are just fine with it. Like that's their life. They don't mm-hmm. really want anything else that they're totally okay with it. Yep. But that shouldn't, like, that idea shouldn't overtake and cloud our minds of everyone who, who lives that life. There are plenty of people who do not want to live that life, and they have been forced into it by this financial hardship, by that relationship problem. No, absolutely. Um, so I got I got a guy that we should get on as a, another bonus episode as mm. we're kind of just talking about what we're going to do in the future of the podcast here. Is uh, He actually runs a nonprofit in Ohio. He's done it for about a dozen years. He's got a two-prong approach um, like of the nonprofit, but it's called His Will Homes. And what their idea is to get, like he had an issue with homelessness. He, he saw some of these homes that even these people were staying in, they were just to get off the street and they were mm-hmm. awful. He's like, you wouldn't ask, you know, 
they're just they're literally one step away from being homeless and not and these homes aren't great they had holes in the roof but like when he's talking to the people like how come they don't condemn this home it's like well they just go under a bridge then mm-hmm. what's the point you know and so he started to have a passion with it he's actually a former fighter pilot so he's mm-hmm. just that guy go-getter type guy and but what it makes sense like if you know maslow's hierarchy of needs a lot of these people on the streets have some mental health issue a lot of them do whether it's yeah whether it's whether that's a tied to drugs doesn't mean it's only like 40 or 50 percent is really tied to drugs but it could be all sorts of other mental mm-hmm. health conditions that these people are fighting yeah and we drew and i had interacted i think it was last spring uh with with a guy who had autism yeah um and he he came in and was asking um, you know, stuff about things. And we, we tried as best we could to make sure that he was connected with places where he could get some of those needs met. Yeah. He had a little camper. It, it was unregistered though. Yeah. And so wherever it was parked, it was always parked illegally. So we, we tried to help him understand the process he needed to go through to get that registered. Like he had some, some cash flow a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and those kinds of things. So when someone walks into our, our building, the first thing that I, I, that we try to do is make sure, okay, do you know where you can get food? Do you know, like in extreme emergency, mm-hmm. like what, where's your shelter? Like yep. th- these needs that, that we as like, we probably can't provide housing as a church long term, mm-hmm. but we, we can provide those people. And, and that's why I said, I want to learn about those services to connect yep. people to, and then support those services and connect people with those services. Cause like we can't do everything. That's Correct. why we're, we connect um, heavily with community ministry. Because that provides a lot of needs that we, as an individual church, can support. We can't meet everything, though. So yeah. I, that that's kind of one of the biggest things you know I, I have on my mind. And I think you're right. The mental health thing is huge. Because what he said too is really like if, if you have a mental health issue, but you, you're not you're worried more about what where's your next meal, staying warm or staying cool or whatever, like mm-hmm. being protected is like the baseline of whether you, you agree or not with Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a absolute truth. There's there's some truth in there at least. Yeah. And you go, if someone's worried about shelter and safety, they're not worried about their mental health getting fixed and taking yeah. that stuff. They can't. Like, even even me as a middle class white person, like uh, right now, our housing sh- situation is is about to change. Mm-hmm. Like, m- my wife and I are still kind of like, we're just antsy. And it's hard to think about some <laughs> long term things yeah. because we know that our housing situation is going to change. So, we got to get things settled before we can think about, you know. Yeah, it's one step in front of the yeah. other. And people are like, people that don't understand. Issues like that are always multivariable, and everybody wants to think it's a single variable equation. Hmm. It's like, no, it's multivariable. And you can, mm-hmm. there are certain parts that are, yes, do they have to maybe work a little bit harder? Do they have to toughen up a little bit? Yeah, maybe. But do they have to get other things taken care of? Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's like everybody's got a piece that's kind of right, but nobody wants to admit the other person's got some, you know, accuracy in what they're saying as well. Mm-hmm. So we kind of went off the rabbit trail here, but I was curious on what you thought here yeah. on this. So now, mm-hmm. Well, we got I, I to like get you. one. <laughs> I know. But we have like three other things we could talk about. We only got one. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> Next time, maybe. Hey, let's just be honest. We, at least we're all grateful that we dodged the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. That's, yeah, sure. Okay. Thanks to, <laughs> thanks to my Niners. <laughs> yes. So as we wrap this up, Darren, is there any parting thoughts? Any uh, Anything you want to put a bow on with? Um. I think I'll just reinforce the last point I made. Um, if if you are are feeling uh, like you want some community and want people to walk alongside you in what you're feeling, uh, reach out to us. Um, come join us on a Sunday morning. Send us an email, life at Forefront Church. We'd love to walk with you. Um, and there are plenty of people here who who would love to do that with you as well. Um, and then for the for those of us who who probably 
who would don't feel that you're in that camp, then let's let's pray and ask God like put someone in front of me to start a relationship with and what does that look like for me and um yeah as you said put one foot in front of the other. And all I got to say is if when you pray that prayer just be careful because it'll happen. Like there's very <laughs> like when you ask for stuff like that we're like oh God, you want to you know be the hands and feet of Jesus here. Yeah, it'll happen. Yeah. So just like Keep your eyes open. God's probably not going to have you move to Africa, like, or yeah. pro- he's probably not going to make you move, but just, just ask like what he wants for you. It's always better. It's always so, better. So there's, this, I'll, I'll give you a quick story here as we wrap this up. This is when I was living in North Carolina. I lived in an apartment complex and it was a hole in the wall apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sitting there doing, I do, I did my laundry on Friday nights cause nobody else was in the laundromat nice. area. You know, yeah. this is back when you get like the three rolls of quarters like and your family gives you rolls of quarters for your birthday and just because they're nice people like what do you need i'm like quarters <laughs> so i can do laundry because i would do like four loads at once so it only take like two hours to do everything and mm-hmm. i kid you not our laundromat i had to sit up on the table so my feet wouldn't get wet because there was like fl- like minor flooding like wow. water and like so you're just sitting there some other guy walks in don't know him he's got a an accent probably from like the jamaican islands i couldn't tell you where he was from exactly and I could barely understand the words he was saying. But he got to the point when he went to go do his laundry, he took the shirt off his back and threw it in there. Like he mm-hmm. was washing everything he owned. Yeah. And so we started talking or he started talking to me. And I had the universal sign of don't talk to me by having headphones in. <laughs> but he's kept talking to me. So I was like, and I ever in a situation like, I don't know what to do here. Mm-hmm. So I'm there going, God, help me out. Like, what do you want me to do here? Like, I, I'm trying to be nice. I don't want to be. You know, the guy's willing to talk. He probably didn't get a lot of people to talk to. And it's a, it was a Saturday night, too. Or a Friday or Saturday night For, yeah. weekend. I forget which one exactly. And so, I kid you not, not after a few moments after I go, just help me out. Help me get direction where I should go with this. Like I, The guy goes, if I knew where to go to church, I'd go to church on Sunday. Hmm. I'm like, thanks. It's not the answer I was looking for. I was looking <laughs> for an out. Not, you know, so invited him to church. He started going to church for a while. You know, took him to church and then took him to out for breakfast afterwards to get his thoughts. But it's just one of those funny things where it's like, I don't know where the guy's at today. I know he had like yeah. two strikes on him. I learned that. Hmm. And so, but he was, you know, he was trying to make some good decisions. And mm-hmm. so when you ask, just be careful. Like it might not be the answer you want, but the answer that's needed. <laughs> yeah. So. Good stuff. So, all right. Pastor Darren Enns, thank you so much. You're very welcome. My pleasure. I'm Rob Lazzi. If you have questions, thoughts, send them to us live at Forefront Church Chat church.tv send us your questions if you need to get connected in community reach out to us again life at forefrontchurch.tv or show up on us sunday morning we'd love to have you so thanks for listening we'll see you next time you have been listening to more to the story a weekly podcast featuring pastor drew tarwater and pastor darren ends of forefront church in denver colorado each week more to the story podcast will follow the Forefront Church Sunday Sermon as Pastor Drew and Pastor Darren guide you through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation. Every podcast will feature in-depth analysis of the sermon and answer questions about the Bible. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition of More to the Story.